The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome. To the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, Beacox, and we have a bonus segment here on The Vault. It's called The Guest Lounge, where I interview all the latest uh, podcasters, producers, content providers, content creators out there, as we try to highlight some of the people that are doing great things out here in the world of new media. And of course, we like to highlight all the folks who are doing great things while highlighting the classic music of our times. And we thank you all for joining us here. So sit back, relax in the guest lounge as we bring in our very first guest. And with me today as the very first guest in the guest lounge here on the Vault Classic Music Reviews is a fan and also a friend of the show. Someone that I admire his work very, uh, very greatly and the things that he does with reggae music. Of course, I am talking about none other than Highlander Sound founder and selector. He is a DJ, veteran radio nightclub mobile DJ, also is a brand ambassador and has traveled the world promoting and also playing reggae music and also promoting the culture overall. I'd like to welcome into the guest lounge none other than Highlander Sound System founder and the Reggae Lover podcast co-host Khalil Wonder. Khalil, sir, thank you for joining us. Yo, thanks a lot for having me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Of course. Of course. So (laughs) let me... It's a pleasure to be on the show, man. I I, I listened to... uh you know, some of your episodes and, uh, you know, love to dive into the albums. It, you know, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm, you know, definitely a musical nerd. So, <laughs> and then also love the old school. Yes, sir. So, you know what I mean? The podcast that you guys do really hits home for me. Indeed. It. Indeed. And just to give everyone a background of how me and Khalil linked up, I, last year, we started the vault in August, 2019. I had my crew shout out to the crew though. Who's not here. We've been doing things through quarantine. Everyone's handling their business. J.O. Cousin Damo, D.T. Dave, you know, one day we'll link back up hopefully, but uh, I wanted to expand my musical offerings. Originally the vault was just a hip hop show that was just supposed to be classic hip hop. But then afterwards I had people coming to me and saying, yo man, so what about this R and B album? Then of course, with my folks from the Caribbean saying, oh, well, what about these classic reggae albums? And I was just like, all right, man, so we'll open the selection. So my co-host, the majority of them, they're mostly hip-hop based. Myself, though, uh, I have a good knowledge in R&B and also in reggae music. Of course, Khalil, if you're not aware, my family is from the island of Grenada. Big up, of course, 473 Spice Saladem. Of yeah, course, man. big time. So 
I've been into reggae music, but my co-hosts are not, that's not their wheelhouse. So I put something out on Instagram and reached out to people who wanted to be collaborators with me. And Khalil, appreciatively, I'm appreciative of him reaching out. He would be willing to contribute on the show. And I welcomed him. And that was probably at the beginning of this year. And we just finally got to our very first review. And we'll be hearing that a little bit later on. We'll be releasing that as a review. But uh, Khalil's coming on. And, of course, I'm a big fan of his show, The Reggae Lover Podcast. Big up, of course, the Highland Sound System. And also your co-host, A-God, man. I'm a big fan of what you guys do. So I love what you guys do for the culture, for reggae music. And as a um, as a Caribbean, uh, uh, first-generation American, second-generation West Indian, I can appreciate all the insights you guys give to the music and the culture. Yeah, man. Give thanks. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's definitely a passion thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I couldn't see myself doing anything else right now. You know, Indeed. could not do it. Indeed. And the passion is where is what brings everything to the forefront. When people know that you're passionate about what you do, you know, it makes your content that much better. And I can definitely agree with that with my passion for music. So. Definitely, we'll get into it now. So I want to get into this with the guest line. Of course, you're our guest. So I want you to just give a little bit of uh, your background as far as your interest coming up with reggae music and how you got started becoming a follower of the culture and then also becoming a DJ and a selector. Okay, appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, so I'm first-generation Caribbean. I was actually born in Guyana. Yeah. <laughs> after, like, age four, my parents moved from Guyana over to Jamaica. So got two Caribbean countries right there. Jamaica, as we all know, is the Mecca is the home birthplace of reggae music. So I was literally surrounded by that culture from age four to age 10. And then I moved to Brooklyn, New York, which is probably the Jamaican or West Indian capital, you know, in the United States. Yeah, big up Brooklyn. I'm saying for the whole country. Um, So that's just a whole nother melting pot, you know, it might be more Guyanese people in New York than are in Guyana. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> True that. Facts. Exactly, man. And having family in New York, you see, of course, lots of Jamaicans, a lot of Trinis, but definitely a lot of Guyanese. Uh, we go up on Eastern Parkway on Labor Day weekend. You could probably see so many GT flags out there, folks representing Guyana. But you're absolutely right. You know, big up to the Guyanese, them, GT them. It's um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn is the capital of all West Indian people when they come to, to come to America and everybody has family in Brooklyn. <laughs> all of us have family in Brooklyn. <laughs> exactly. So I was in that uh, environment, you know, and that's where I really got into dance hall. Um, I have a Agar, my cousin and uh, my older brother, you know, the two of them, you know, are really into the sound system culture and they kind of brought me into it. They, you know, both had cassette collections and I was just the benefactor, you know, I would get into that and and listen to the tapes. And really, that's where I first started getting these selected dreams, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Because we followed it so closely, like the biggest selectors of that era in the 1990s, they were like, you know, like how people watch The Last Dance and, you know, talk about Jordan right now. You know, there's selectors that have that status, you know what I'm saying, like in that world mm-hmm. where it's like you follow like what they do, their their daily lives, you know, the dance, you know, the dances that they played, you know, the things they said on the mic, you know, mm-hmm. certain mixes that they did or remixes or dubs that they created. Started getting, getting into that, but still on the younger side. So I wasn't going to parties and things like that, but I was experiencing it through these cassettes. Indeed. And um, so what I started to do, you know, I was like my mind, you know, my imagination, you know, I was able to create playlists in my head before I really knew what I was doing. So I would just be hanging out and I, it would like, you know, like a rhythm would come into my head and I'll be like, you know what, if I was in a party, I would play 
and I'll kind of like juggle in my head these tunes and then like I knew what order to play songs in mm-hmm. and I knew all this stuff before ever seeing a turntable up close. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So um, that continued and, and we moved down to Atlanta halfway through high school for me. And then after that, I, I went to Morehouse. My brother went to Morehouse uh, and my cousin Agard, who is the co-host of Reggae Lover, he was going to uh, SUNY Albany in upstate New York. Mm. And then he transferred down to Morehouse. So the three of us were down there and, you know, Agard was really the catalyst you know, both him and my brother, and you know, I I just kind of followed. I followed suit. I was the last one to really get into it. But once I got into it, and I got my hands on turntables, and we had started to buy records, at that point, I just became magnetized, and I would just stay doing it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't mix at first, and then I learned how to mix. And uh, we had like other DJs in the crew that you know, elders who kind of showed me some things. But really. The majority is just spending hours and hours and hours, whereas everybody else would be like, you know, they'll play around with it, mess around with it, and then go do something else. Like, I would just stay there and just work out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, we worked with a promotion company, so we were, like, doing street promo, passing out thousands of flyers all over the, you know, big up to all my Atlanta people, you know, about the AUC, you know. So we were passing flyers out under all the dorm room doors, all through <laughs> CAU. And if we could get into Spelman or we had girls, you know, we, they would go there, do that. We would do the whole strip, you right. know, all over the city and started out doing parties, you know. And so because we were work promoters, it was easy to be like, hey, yo, you know, we're starting to sound. Let us open. Let's do the early warm, you know. It's like, all right, sure, go ahead. So, you know, started out from not knowing what to do first time, sounding pretty bad in my opinion now <laughs> looking back <laughs> and being terrified and then you know continuing to work on it we just had opportunities to play before a live audience so that was a blessing and that turned into eventually over the next few years you know we had residencies like mm. we were just playing all over Atlanta and that you know those were like a lot of the parties where there's a reggae segment but it's a hip hop party Got or there's it. a reggae room or a reggae floor. Reggae floor. So, you yeah. know, people could choose which vibe they want, mm-hmm. but overall it's kind of more of a commercial crowd. So that was really where I learned to play. And that was like, you know, learning, you had to learn how to make people dance and you couldn't just play hardcore, 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 yeah. like how I grew up, you know, listening. But then eventually we were able to branch out, start going out to Stone Mountain, other parts of Atlanta, other parts of Georgia, where the Caribbean people are, yeah. where it might be a hardcore dance, it might be like a Rasta man crowd, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And just with the musical background that we had, the way that we collected and built up the record boxes, we were able to play for any of those crowds. No problem. It was yeah. always a vibe, you know what I'm saying? Indeed. Yeah. So I- that's that's the beginnings right there of how, how things got started. Very cool, man. It sounds like an odyssey, man. It's a, a journey that took you from Guyana to Jamaica to Brooklyn, back down to Atlanta, and now you've been in Atlanta. How long have you been in Atlanta now? Man, I came here in 96 the first time, Okay. and um, I went back to New York in 06 and came back down here after that. So, I mean, it's more than 20 years, you mm-hmm. know. Indeed. So you've seen the rise of Atlanta and have seen the influx of people as Atlanta developed into this 
really this first rate city as as they call as we call the gentrification right like it, Atlanta developed and a lot of development came in you saw Atlanta really start to rise as a city during the time that you were there the first and the second time then yeah the first time coming down I mean it was whew, man it was country bro like you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was very underdeveloped yeah. um, but what happened is the Olympic Games came mm-hmm. and they were you know the city was forced to implement a lot of infrastructure projects Mm -hmm. immediately. So just that alone, just boom. And from then on, you know, areas that used to be like just heavily wooded are now, you know, mixed use, Mm -hmm. like complexes with shops and restaurants and everything's been redone two and three times. So I said Atlanta's one of those cities. I mean, New York is like this too where if you live here, you move for a couple of years and come back, you'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> it's totally different. Like, where am I? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I've seen that happen time and time again here, and it continues now. A question really that I have. Now, you obviously have done some DJ. I mean, you've at, at, at points in times, once you've started your DJ career, gone and DJed in a place like Brooklyn, what is it like the difference between DJing in a place like Brooklyn where you have Lots of fans of dance hall from not just the Caribbean islands, but then all over the world. You know, of course, as it is here in D.C., we have when we have dances here, it's not just the Caribbean people, it's the Africans, you know, even a lot of Hispanic people as well. And then even people from all over the world that come to just love reggae. What is really the difference between DJing in a place like Brooklyn and then seeing a developing place like Atlanta and suburban Atlanta when you have dances out there? Like what was the biggest difference to you between DJing in Brooklyn and then in the Atlanta area? I think it's a little bit different now than it used to be, right? Because I think now a lot of places are becoming more and more the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could get into that. True. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, yeah, before, you know, like you said, it was very more, you know, more Caribbean, more Jamaican in New York. Mm-hmm. It's more hardcore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm coming from an era where in a dance, in a reggae dance back in the day, that, you know, you would play reggae most of the, in America, Mm-hmm. You would play reggae most of the night um, if it's a real hardcore or Caribbean spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there'll be a segment where you may play, you know, some soca. Or then there's a segment where you might play some hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that hip hop set it used to be like the top 10 yeah. hip hop songs that are banging right now. Of course. Everybody knows. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? You just hit them. Boom, 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 boom. In a row. And it's crazy hype. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to, yeah. you know, some more reggae or dance hall. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that, so it's I, like you could anticipate that. You knew whatever the big song was, whether it was DMX or 50 Cent or Jay-Z or whoever, like that was all coming back to back to back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, definitely if you're in a Caribbean party and you play a hip hop set, you want to make sure you maintain the energy because you don't want to lose the vibes along the way because then you lose people you know i've noticed that being in different dances when people will bring in a hip-hop set and if you have a selector that doesn't necessarily keep that energy with the hip-hop music as he's transitioning or she's transitioning you could lose the vibes really quickly um so i definitely hear you on that you want to make sure that you play the top hits you mentioned things about the different things how things are in the dance nowadays now you've been a lover of reggae music and a dj now for some years how has the the mood and I, one of my favorite episodes you had is um, you had when the dance was nice. But last year sometime you discussed um, with your guest about the differences, how the dance has changed in dance hall music and reggae music for in the last few years. 
how do you think the have how the dance has changed in dance hall culture as the time and really dance and dance hall and reggae music has changed so much in these last two decades? Yeah, I mean a lot has changed, man. You know, and there's something that I talk about all the time, and then I feel old, but <laughs> <laughs> but really. This is something it's I think it's affected every every type of genre, every type of entertainment. One this one thing is the the phones. Mm. There you we go. We used to do everything back in the day. You didn't have a camera on you. You had to be like a photographer to have a camera. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Even if you had a phone, you you weren't doing anything with your phone. You know what I'm saying? So it used to be where people's attention was on the music, people's yes. attention was on the DJ. So that changes everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they would react and respond in different ways then because the engagement level was higher. Mm-hmm. But now people come out and, you know, they're in their own world. They're, they're, they're on Snap. They're on Live. They're hmm. texting. There's so many things you could be doing. They're Preach. playing a game <laughs> on their phone. And it's like there's somebody that's getting paid to perform at while this is happening. And you know, there's just a disconnect now. So oh, it's very difficult to overcome that um, and create the type of vibe that used to exist. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. You know what I'm saying? Now the music has changed as well. The music of, of today is less, it's, it's a little bit less dancey, less yeah. danceable. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So there's, there's whole segments of the party where, you know, because of what I said earlier, like, I don't even know if it, if it really matters. Like, people come out for different reasons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, people are coming out for a hookah, for for bottles. Oh, man. Preach, <laughs> brethren. Preach. Oh, man. <laughs> and they're coming out to take photos that they could post or videos that they can post. Um, so, <laughs> Man. You know, that you hit the nail right on the head and I'll give you an example of what happened when I was in DC. Now I don't nearly go out to dances or parties as much as I did when I was younger. And you know, I'm, I'm knocking on the door of 40 just to give you an idea how old I am. So uh, I've kind of slowed down a little bit, you know, because uh, to me, it's because I think things have changed in the dance so much. And I, you know, I went out one time, it was me and a couple of my partners, you know, uh, one of my uh, homeboys, he's from uh, Barbados and the other one, uh, he's Trinidadian, so we all kind of went out, and a guy that we knew that was DJing that we knew from college, DJ Rude Boy, by the way, Big Up Rude Boy, who DJed at Morgan State in the 2000s, definitely made a soundtrack to a lot of those dances that we had in college. But um, we went out, man, and I noticed is that what I, everyone was on their phone, and you could see all, like, is the age of demarcation. All the older <laughs> people were sort of there to sort of pay attention, but then some of them were in their phones, and then you had some of the younger ones you could see. They were in their phones, on Instagram, on Snapchat. It was there to sit down at tables, to have bottles. It was almost as if the dance nowadays so many times is more about capturing the experience instead of experiencing the experience, you know? Right. Like right. How, and I have to ask you this. As a selector, how frustrating can that be to be in an environment like that? Because your job is to play music to get responses from people, but their responses are more so to capturing what the environment is like instead of what the natural response would be when you hear, you know, one big tune come up on the, you know, come over to speakers and you get people, everyone gets in a vibe and you, everyone, you know, you, you see people, the responses start to get up and the room go up. I guess how frustrating is that now when you, if you've been in a party on a dance where you've seen people, their experiences have been with capturing it other than experiencing it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's definitely 
it's frustrating and it's one of the reasons that I don't I'm not in the club like that now. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? And we're talking like pre-quarantine, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you know, I have uh, gradually kind of removed myself from being that guy because I frankly I didn't want to be that guy. Like mm-hmm. I would go, you know, the parties, you know, right right now it's just it's just very different, man. Like DJs show up right before they go on to play. Yeah. So if there's like four or five DJs, you know, you'll see cats walking in looking like they just woke up from <laughs> like a nap yeah. at like 3 a.m. Right. in the morning. Um, and it's like, yo, how are you going to know what the vibe was? You know what I'm saying? How are you going to know what's played? It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like I've had other DJs tell me, you know, like it doesn't matter, you know, just play, just run through your playlist, play mm-hmm. the top. And these are like DJs that are playing out that are booked. Yeah. So it's very different than, you know, when I was heavily um, touring and, and playing out and, and I'm okay with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if that's really what, what you want, then go ahead, have it, you know, but I'm not really, not really competing with that stuff right now. And so, you know, when I sat out to DJ, you know, when I was talking about when I had my selector dreams, mm-hmm. one of the things that I always told myself is that I didn't want to be like an old you know, gray beard selector still, you know what I'm saying? In the club. <laughs> Understood. And so through the course of time, you know, it kind of transitioned and, you know, everything kind of matriculated in that way. And I'm not mad at it, you know? Right. So when I do parties now, it is, or it is usually like a special occasion, a special event. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something where people are coming to party. They are coming to dance. They're coming to hear me perform. Yeah. And I usually don't have that issue. But just the general mainstream clubs and dances is like, yeah. How do they overcome that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's, it, it's got to be frustrating, man. Um, it's sort of like I, along with being a podcaster, I was a MC and a producer for a long time, hip hop music. And I think what I got frustrated in more so than anything else is that I saw the direction that hip hop was moving in and saw that people weren't necessarily the a, a large majority of the popular music crowd wasn't listening 
for like bars anymore. They weren't listening for lyrics anymore. And the intricate producing, I do a lot of sample based producing in my time and I still produce as well, but I don't mm-hmm. really make beats for rappers or for people like that. What I try to, what I'm mostly doing now is making uh, music for content creators for their pieces. They need royalty free music and also for um, projects. But I I got this, you know, disenfranchised by watching and seeing how hip hop sort of changed over these last few years. And just like you, I didn't want to be the old man, you know, rapping. (laughs) There's much more money in producing, though. So I definitely understand that. Yeah. So if we can transition now, reggae's changed a lot in these last 30 years. Um, I hear you speak a lot, especially on a lot of your topics here. And I remember a conversation that you and Agard had uh, last year sometime in one of your episodes in regards to. Um, and I hear you also reference a lot of reggae in other countries. Where do you see the genre as far as reggae and dancehall going, especially now that reggae has moved outside? Of, well, it's always been outside of Jamaica and the Caribbean, but now it's much more visible with new media and social media and so many different platforms for you to get your things out there. But where do you see the genre going, especially with the proliferation of the genre outside of Jamaica and the Caribbean into Europe and into Asia and also into other places, you know, other other islands in the Caribbean that you didn't even think they would have reggae music. Like there's reggae singers now in Grenada when before people would just do soca and calypso. And yeah. in Japan, they have an emerging dancehall culture there, you know. And my lady put me onto this guy. I can't remember the guy, the, the brother's name or this white guy. He's an Italian reggae artist, you know, literally sounds uh, just like Alborosi. Yes, that's him. That's him. Right. So where do you see the genre going with things like that? Now that dancehall has mainly been a lot more visible outside of the Caribbean. There are other countries that are partaking in the culture and practicing the art. Um, well, it's going to continue to grow. Um, it's going to continue to grow. I think it's growing rapidly. One of the things that is present now is that there's no real like Jamaica is working to catch up now mm. to like regain you know, the position that they should kind of have as being the undeniable place that you can't go around, you know, because this is the Mecca and this is, you know, this is the source and this is the capital Mm -hmm. and any of any such word. Right. But now you have hubs all over the world, every continent, all through the islands. Like you said, I mean, people submit music to me from everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm talking places you would never people you know i've talked to people in in the polynesian french polynesian islands and wow all over africa that's probably like my largest growing um base for the podcast Mm -hmm. right now tuning into reggae lover you know people are interested in reggae they're curious about it um a lot of them are discovering all the foundation reggae that there is and there's a lot of people mimicking and you know really Going and getting into like the original styles of reggae music, mm-hmm. playing the instruments and and singing and stuff all over the world. Um, so I see that continuing to grow. I believe Jamaica is, you know, now doing some work. You know, as I mentioned, there's this um, Jamaica Music Conference that's been going on, and there are other forums like that in Jamaica right now, and around the diaspora where there are talks about the future of reggae and preserving it. Mm-hmm. and perfecting, you know, the way that it's presented to the world. And also on the business side, making sure that the proper measures are implemented so that artists are not taken advantage of. You know, you have mm. a lot of these older reggae artists who are dying off now. Yeah. And a lot of them don't get their fair due. They don't get their proper due. They're not really, you know, honored as they should be right. for being instrumental in, in creating hits for the music, for the genre, you know, so long ago. 
that um, still last today, a lot of them. So I feel like it's going to continue to grow now with the digital age, things like this Bounty Killer Beanie Man clash, right? Mm -hmm. That's coming up. Yes, sir. But tonight, actually, in a few hours. Yes, tonight, <laughs> the record recording. This. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that an, um, an after party was added with Rory from Stone Love. Oh, wow. So there's going to be an after party online with Stone Love playing. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, that's just so big. There are going to be so many eyeballs on that. And what people, a lot of people don't realize, like this whole versus thing, it comes from Sound Clash culture. Yes, It comes sir. from Jamaica. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Yeah. So just like, you know, hip-hop, all of hip hop is an offshoot from reggae. So yeah. when you talk about MC battles, you know, that's what this is. And this is originally from JA, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's just part of the work that we're doing is just, you know, trying to bring these facts to people's um, attention and, you know, got to realize like this is the original source man like there is no like this is tune for tune there's all these tune for tunes on yeah, live now dump, dump you got Joe dump. Scott yes, and sir. Erica Badu like seriously yeah. baby face like baby face and, and Teddy Riley yeah man <laughs> you know what I mean uh, yeah I tune into all of them especially I turn into the DJ Premier and uh, RZA one which I'm a big yes. hip hop head I'm definitely going to be tuned into this uh, Bounty and Beanie Man thing because everybody remembers that classic clash from 93 Sting where yes. you know they've been clash, they they pretty much clashed for the better part of, a, of of a couple of decades and have made up somewhat, you know. But it will, it's interesting to see how this will go tonight, especially for the casual fans, but then also for the reggae lovers, because I know there'll be a lot of eyeballs on that tonight. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. We'll get into your take on that in a little bit. But you mentioned yeah. about the sound system culture. One of the things I love about your podcast is the sound system report that you and Agar do where you report on things, the different clashes that are going around. And for the um, the casual reggae fans, they may not necessarily be into what's going on in the sound system culture. So I love the fact that you all go into that. And uh, just uh, if I could ask what you notice has changed from the golden age of the sound clashes to now, what has really changed about the sound system culture as, as, as long as you've been following? I know you said, it, said that Agar has gotten you into that, but what's really changed from that golden era to now? Yeah, you got a, a, a lot of things that have changed, you know. Um, and I go back to the 80s, where it was, which was a previous era of Sound Clash, where, you know, sound system was, instead of playing on records, you have your crew of artists. My artists are with me. Your artists are with you. Mm -hmm. My sound system and speakers is over here. Yours is over there. And we are battling to see whose sounds better and whose artists are can entertain the crowd better. Then it transitioned to where, all right, we're going to take the artists to the studio and record these dub plates have them bigging up the sound and then we can go anywhere. We don't need mm -hmm. the artists to come with us. Yeah. They can, if they want, we play these dubs on record, you know, and um, see who's can do better, get the better crowd response. Mm -hmm. And so that's still pretty much the way that it's done now, but you know, it used to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one clashes or maybe three sounds in the lawn together. Mm -hmm. We had a period where these, what we call microwave clashes took place where you'll have like five, six, seven sounds to start out the night and they play shorter rounds each and there's an elimination process to come down to the final two. And that's, you know, been a big thing for years. I think that now the same thing that we were talking about with the phones, mm -hmm. people's attention span being shorter and shorter and just less available. I think that's affected sound clash as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, where the hype that used to be there is just no longer there. It's a lot harder to create those big explosive crowd responses and forwards and stuff like that. Yeah. 
So not a thing. I think a lot of the people that are in the arena now have been stuck in that mold of trying to imitate what they grew up seeing in the nineties mm-hmm. and they, they, they've been dying and waiting to get into it and now they're into it, but now they're still doing the same old thing mm. as opposed to creating new um, ways and new styles. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. I think that as a selector, that's something that's different now is that there's a lot of copycat business. It's a lot of following, you know what I'm saying? People, that kind of waters it down, you know, that makes it like, you may as well just have radio. Like, why do you need a DJ just to play like a jukebox, (laughs) just to play a playlist? Like the point is supposed to be, you know, I just dug dug up some um, mixtapes that I did back in 99, 2000 Mm -hmm. and put them out and just listening to them again. I was like, wow, you know, I'm using different sound effects that I'm like, where did I even find this? You know what I'm saying? And the whole point was just to have a different sound, sound different. Exactly. You know, if you're cutting dubs, pick a different rhythm or mm-hmm. build your own rhythm. Exactly. To put your songs on. So you have that exclusivity. But now everybody's just it's a lot of following, doing the same old, same old. And that just, you know, that just kills the vibes out, if you ask me. Yeah. So there are a few people doing it well, doing it the right way. But I think as a whole, there's some creativity that's needed to be injected back into the business. That um, I think that would make it a little bit more. Indeed. We're going to keep it going for a couple of more minutes. Um, just if we can ask, though, a couple of sound systems that you think for the casual fans that are listening that they might want to check out that are really doing their thing within the sound clashes right now that you guys, of course, have been following it. But give us a couple of sound systems that people may not necessarily know that they may want to keep their eye out for in the near future. OK, boy, that's that's an interesting one right there. Let's see. I know um, out of Atlanta, you know, Big up to King AP. Mm-hmm. They've been around for a long time, but they've constantly been kind of at the forefront. And they're they got a nice collection of dubs, very sound technical skills, and you know they pretty much don't disappoint. Big up to King AP from Atlanta. Um, I'm gotta do it like that, you know, like geographically, you know, yeah. out of New York. I would mention Cosmic Sound mm. right now, Cosmic with a K. Uh, they have a lot of unique dub plates, you know what I'm saying? Good juggling style. Um, out of Jamaica, Notorious International. It's a newer sound with Little Shaba, and, mm. who used to play on Soul Supreme, and Baguio Marie, female okay. Japanese selectress. Wow. That okay. heads up the sound. Um, the way they cut is very creative. Let's see. Out of Europe, you got sounds like Warrior Sound um, out of Germany. You know what I'm saying? You got sounds like Irie Crew out of France, mm. who was just featured on um, the Quarantine Clash that Walshy Fire does. Mm, okay. Yeah, man. Cool. It, it, there's a bunch of that, you know what I'm saying? But those are just a few that come to mind at the moment. Indeed. I will definitely be checking those out, and uh, we'll make sure to keep tuning into the regular podcast. And for those of you who are out there, if you haven't subscribed to it, and you and even if you if you love reggae music, if you love dancehall music, and even if you don't necessarily love it or a hardcore fan, but you enjoy it, I recommend that you all definitely download it and listen to it. So we're going to end things with a couple of things here. We're going to do a segment here on the Guest Lounge called Either Or. And uh, this is where I asked Khalil a few questions in regards to his choice related to the subject on the genre that we're covering. And, of course, we're doing reggae and dancehall music, so I'm going to give him a couple of either ors. So, Khalil, you ready? Yeah, man. All right, cool. Let's go. So, better pairing with Buju, Wayne Wonder or Barris Hammond? 
Yo, I'd have to say Barris, you know. Indeed. Indeed. I definitely like a, a couple of a couple of tunes with, with, with Bougie and Wayne, but definitely Barris and Bougie. You can't. It's like peanut butter and chocolate, man. You can't get no better than that. You definitely can't. If you had to hear one more album from an artist that was gone far too soon, which one would you pick between Garnet Silk or Tennessee? I'd have to say Tennessee, mm. though I like Garnet Silk more as an artist. You know what I'm saying? Tennessee, I feel like he was really cut down prematurely in terms of his ability to record. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? There's a lot more Garnet Silk material out there. So it would be interesting to hear another a new Tennessee album dropped right now. Yeah, man. Tennessee is a youth man. Had tons and tons of talent. And people who were there with him will tell you, man, he was gone away far, far too soon. Both of them, man, two unique, very voice, uh, voices within yeah, reggae man. gone far too, far too soon. Ba- better band or the band that you prefer, Morgan Heritage or Raging Fire? I'm going to go with Morgan Heritage. Mm-hmm. Morgan was one of the bands that kind of started out around the time Highlander started out. Mm. And, um, you know, they, they're pretty much still the same group together. Won a Grammy Award recently, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, big up to Gramson and the whole team. Indeed. Choice between eras, dance hall in the 80s, the 90s, or 2000s? I would say the 90s, then the 80s, and the, then the 2000s, if I had to <laughs> put yeah. them in order. No, nah, I, think, I think we're in agreement there. I'd have to go 90s, 80s, and then 2000s as well. Yeah. Better collection or series, green sleeves or strictly the best? Strictly the best. Yeah. You know, that's how I came up as a youth on, on reggae, man. When my older sister is hearing those strictly the best collections. That's how I really got into reggae music when I was, I'm talking about eight, nine years old, you know, listening to those strictly the best records and stuff I wasn't supposed to be listening to, but she made mm-hmm. sure to play them in the car when we were away from home. So my parents wouldn't let me listen to some slackness that was going on through the speakers, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least versus tonight, who you got Bounty or Beanie Man? Yo, me personally, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Bounty Killer, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying? I know it's not a clash in that, in that kind of way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like the fans are the real winners when it comes to that. And um, it depends on how they do it. You know, Beanie Man has a lot of tunes, a lot of fans. If there was voting going on at the end of it, if the crowd is, majority women yeah. then beanie wins <laughs> so yeah you're right and that's what i was sort of getting on to people i was on the uh on facebook yesterday and a homegirl of mine posted something about the verses about bounty killer and uh beanie man and i said yo beanie's my man but i said hashtag one time for the general because you know bounty's my man bounty's probably one of the first dancehall artists him and buju really got me into the genre especially when dancehall came around in the 90s, man. So it should be interesting to watch. Um, I, I got Bounty as well. But again, it's going to be interesting to see how they do the layout. And last but not least, we're just going to give you a chance to tell us a little bit more about what you got going on now with Highlander Sound System and the Reggae Lover Podcast and what things we should be looking at in the near future, what you guys got planned. Yeah, man, definitely. So the Reggae Lover Podcast continues. We're wrapping up our fifth season uh, this month. And gonna start back again um with new episodes later in the summer so that's gonna continue we are just continuing to expand the platform and gain new fans and listeners even through covid when you know podcast listenership according to you know the statistics has been down you know what i'm saying so we want to just make it very um, approachable for people who are not hardcore fans of reggae you know there's really you shouldn't be able to pick out a reggae lover in a lineup mm. just by looking. 
even though we there's these stereotypes and stigmas that are out there. Right. So one of the things that we work to do is just kind of demystify and dispel the myths and just kind of bring it to you and let you know that, hey, you know, everybody, every country, every language, people love this music and this music is very diverse. There's something in it for everybody. So if you're really not that much into it, if you're a hip hop fan or you're into, you know, jazz or whatever the case may be, Regular Lover is still a show that you could listen to and be entertained by, learn a little something as well. So we invite you to, to check us out. New shows drop each and every Monday. And um, big up to Nice Up Radio. We've been streaming on niceupradio.com for uh, going on a year now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Pacific time. So we are um, laser focused on that right now continuing to entertain and promote reggae music worldwide. Um, look out for a new um, site design coming for Reggae Lover um, web presence. Yeah, man, right now this is really the work during the quarantine. And um, as things open back up, you know, at some point we were um, planning to do some live podcast experiences, um, like a little tour. Nice. So um, when that's, you know, again on the table and we're, we're really able to, to coordinate that, um, that's something to look forward to as well. Indeed. If y'all come to D.C., let me know. I'll definitely be in the house, man. Uh, and where can people find you on social media, Regular Lover Podcast, and you personally? Um, yeah, the podcast is um, at Regular Lover Podcast on Instagram, at Regular Lover Pod on Twitter. And, of course, at the regularlover.com, you have all the links there. Um, there's a Facebook page that's growing like gangbusters. You know, like I said, a lot of people all over the world um, discovering the show every day and tuning in that way. And of course, we have our YouTube channel. Um, same thing with Highlander Sound, Highlander.net on the web, um, at Highlander on Twitter, um, at Khalil Wanda um, is my personal Instagram. And, yeah, we're on all social met- all social networks. Anywhere you look, you know, Google, whatnot, um, you'll find our content. We believe in really uh, working hard at, you know, repurposing. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one indeed. piece of content comes out in 25 different places, you, you know what I'm saying? Like every single day. So, indeed. you know what I'm saying? Not hard to find. Indeed. Well, big ups, of course, Khalil, once again. And you are listening to the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, the Guest Lounge bonus episode. Of course, we are here with Khalil Wonder of Highlander Sound System and the Regular Lover Podcast. Big up to him and Agard for doing their thing for the culture, for reggae music. And Khalil, I got to thank you again, sir, for joining us once again, brother. And big up. Continue to keep up the good work. And for those who haven't listened and subscribed to the Regular Lover Podcast, please do so, of course, on all of those platforms. Also, follow the Regular Lover Podcast on those platforms and also on the website on Highlander.net. And that is going to wrap things up for the Vault Podcast with the Guest Lounge. Once again, we want to require, remind everyone to follow us on social media at Vault Classic on Twitter, at Vault CMR Podcast on Instagram, and also at the Vault Classic Music Reviews on YouTube and Facebook. Search us there. You can get there and make sure that you subscribe not only to the podcast, but also like us on social media and add us as well. We want to thank everyone for all the support, and we appreciate the support that you give us. If you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure you tell that friend to tell a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.